is no stranger to Pathway. We have actually uh, uh, supported him for many, many, many years. Jay oversees Urban Outreach, which is an inner city uh, um, uh, uh, ministry, but basically going around in inner cities all over the United States starting churches. And how many, how many do we have now? How many? Ten. Ten inner city churches right now happening all over the United States. And uh, the Lord has used this guy. Um, someone said earlier, that we, uh, Jay doesn't really need an introduction at Pathway. Well, he does because he doesn't have his beard. So when he first started coming, it was the hair, then it was the beard, and now he's so clean-shaven, you wouldn't even, you think he's like, you know, Mr. White Collar here, but uh, he's, oh, no. Listen, I, I don't know as if he'll even hit it um, because he's been here so many times. He's shared his story so many times, but this guy um, was a drug addict. Um, he's someone who the world would have just, just said, man, this guy just needs to go away. Um, the Lord radically saved him through Teen Challenge Ministry, Adult and Teen Challenge, if you, if you're, you know about that, I'm sure. But God, God restored him, um, and uh, not only restored him, but brought him into salvation, and, and really God put his hand on him, and he's been tearing it up for Jesus in the inner cities ever since. And so I'm so glad for Jay to come. He's going to share with us. And, uh, and so can you welcome Jay Covert as he comes here? Well, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for your monthly support. Uh, some of you may not know it, but you guys support us $500 a month. And that, that's our largest um, one-time uh, pledge out of any church. We have 276 churches support us. Uh, we, we, pull di we pull support out of 37 different states. You know, U.S. Missions at this point, they don't know what to do with me. <laughs> Find your lane and stay in it. That, that's the best advice I can give anyone. You want to find out what God wants you to do? Stay in your lane. You know, be who God created you to be. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I got past all that stuff a long time ago. I don't really care. I just want to do what God wants me to do because time is short. Do you see what's going on in the world? If you don't see how everything's beginning to line up, then your head's in the sand or you're just, you're not with it. It is coming down to the it's coming down to the wire. You know, I was telling Scott, I've been here so many times that I have to reinvent a message every time I come and because <laughs> I can't do the same thing. And so, man, I've been I've been grinding on this thing for like two weeks trying to figure it out. And and even last night uh, when we were eating out, I was just trying to figure this out. And then, you know, last night in the hotel room, I got just like a little bit of it. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, and then this morning the Lord gives me a little bit more. And I'm like, it's not finished. And then I get the last part of it here, you know. I mean, he always does that with me, though. I write stuff down as the Holy Spirit speaks to me. So I was really nervous about today, but I feel pretty good about now. <laughs> I, I, I want to share a little bit of my testimony. You know, um, 1988, there's a guy named Ed Catula standing on a street corner trying to tell me about Jesus. I didn't want to have anything to do with him. I brushed him off. And then, you know, I, I graduated 1988. I just turned 52 yesterday. And so um, I work in this factory. And this guy named Ty Huber, he just would not leave me alone. He just kept, I mean, he was relentless. And one day he wrote a scripture on the table, Proverbs 419. For the way of the wicked is like deep darkness, for they know not why they stumble. And when he wrote that, it clicked. 
it set something off in me. And so I, I caved in, I gave in, I said, okay, I'll go, I'll go to church with you. And he took me to a service, December of 88, took another guy named Ralph Frazier. And uh, so we, we go to the service, and, and the pastor preaches a message, and man, the Holy Ghost got me. I was, I was crying through the message. And so I went forward, gave my life to Christ, was instantly delivered from drugs that, that day. I mean, I felt the, the release that came off of me. And so I grew up in a, a small farming town, Greencastle. And so I went to that church that night. And after the service, I said to Phil Applegate, I said, uh, look, I have to go back to work tomorrow. And I did a lot of drugs there. What do I do? And all he said was one thing to me. And I had no idea what he was talking about, but now it makes sense. He said, you need an out of Egypt experience. Well, I have no idea what he's talking about. Out of Egypt, what is that? The next day I go to work. This is a factory. There's like a thousand people work there. And I'm running this big press making parts for Ford Motor Company. And the manager comes up to me and says, uh, I need you to go to Bloomington, Illinois with a couple people to check parts. And so I was like, okay. And so for a month through the week, I was there. God pulled me out of Egypt and sent me somewhere else away from that, away from all that craziness I was working around. And, and so... You know, every night when, when I'd get off work, I'd go back to the hotel room. I'd spend five, six hours reading the Word of God. I mean, I just thought that's what you did. We're living in a generation now that is, is biblically illiterate. People don't even know what the Word of God is anymore because most preachers don't even preach it. They're talking about self-help and how to make you feel good and trying to keep you padded in your pew so you'll keep your tithes coming when we don't want to deal with the real stuff that's going on. And so that, that, that was a game changer. The Holy Spirit began to work in me. And so I was so fired up, I'd go back to that youth group. And the youth group at that time was like 15 kids. Within a month, it exploded to over 100. And I can remember on Friday and Saturday nights, people would, would go to Hardee's and we'd start preaching in Hardee's. And that place was packed. It was like standing room only. Because I, I was just with the guy that led me to the Lord last week. I had lunch with him. I asked him, I said, do you remember that? He's like, I do. That's what happens when we get radically saved. But you know what happens? We settle. As we get older, we just, we settle. We kind of, kind of calm down. And then we lose it. And then the save the church is where it's at today because of us. We have to get that fire back. I know I'm not the only one in here today. We have to engage in what the Holy Spirit delivered us from and birthed us from when we came to him at first. We've got to get back to our first love. He's not left us. He's not abandoned us. He's right here with us. He loves us. He loves us more than we'll ever know. I remember my first time speaking at your church when it was in the RV garage, and you weren't even there. You were on vacation. And I was thinking, wow, this guy, he doesn't even know me, and I was brand new. I'm like, wow, this, that's something, you know. 
this guy's letting me come because, you know, pastors are really paranoid about who speaks. <laughs> and, and wow, what, what a friendship we, we've created all these years, you know. You came to um, Washington Park and, or uh, Washington, D.C. and East St. Louis. You've, seen, you've literally seen all this grow. I mean, my, I remember when I got to East St. Louis, we started that thing out of the back of my car. There are no buildings, there are no people, there's nothing. I started that thing from scratch, feeding people and giving people clothes. Start with what you have and allow the Holy Spirit to build it. He will build if you'll allow him. The foundation, the pathway, it's always built, been built on missions. That's who you are. Don't lose that. There are a lot of churches right now, they're losing it. You, we can't put the things of the world in place of the kingdom of God. If we'll keep the, the kingdom of God at the forefront, if we'll keep it the cornerstone, then God will take care of everything. Our whole ministry, it's debt-free. I don't talk about money. I don't ask people for money. God just does it. I don't need to. It's not my ministry. It's always been his. It's about him. The Lord blesses churches that give to the nations of the world. That's his heartbeat. He's in the people business. The sowing of the gospel to the poor, the lost, and the hopeless. That's the kingdom. He loves people. I'm an introvert. I'll be honest with you. I like people 50% of the time, the other 50% I don't. <laughs> I'm best when I'm just by myself. I don't mind it. But, you know, I mean, every, it's never 22 years of doing this stuff. I'm always nervous. Every Sunday when I have to go speak at churches, I'm like, oh, man, I just can't. My favorite part of the Sunday is when I'm in my car going home. That's my favorite part. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for what I get to do. But, you know, um, it's not easy. You know, but, but that's how God keeps me humble. You know, he pushes us in places that are hard for us, but easy for him. When we sow forgiving into God's kingdom here on earth, it enriches the kingdom of God with souls for eternity. That's why we give to missions. We're, we're enriching the lives of people that will spend eternity with Jesus. The, the wealth of the world the riches of the bank accounts, all that stuff. When we die, someone else is getting it. And they're going to spend it, and you're not going to like how they spend it because you spend a lot of time saving it. <laughs> but when we sow it into God's kingdom, it lasts for eternity. This life, 100 years at most, it flees. But we're, we're going to be in heaven forever and ever and what we spend and what we do here we will see forever and ever we will see what we invested in we will see what we gave to you were born into this world with nothing and you are leaving this world with nothing you know some people they bring a u-haul trailer behind their hearse you know because they, they're like well i want i don't want anyone to have so i'm just going to have it all buried with me the souls of men are the deposit that lasts forever. That's the only thing that lasts. Everything else is going to flee. Everything else is going to be destroyed. But the souls of men, 
And that's on the kingdom side. That's on the heaven side. What about hell side? The agony, the torture. See, preachers only like preaching that stuff. Oh, quit because you offend people. There are people in hell today that wish somebody would have said something because now they're there and they're stuck there and they're there forever. We have to make our lives count. What we sow is what we reap. You and I will be judged with what we did, with what God gave us. I'm going to be held accountable. You're going to be held accountable. You and I, Scott, we're going to be held a little bit more accountable because we're men of God. That, 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 that puts the fear of God in me. Because when I get to heaven, what I want to hear him say is, well done, my good and faithful servant. You, you did what I gave you. You invested. You, you took the talents. You didn't bury them. You invested in them. You created more. The reason why I keep planting churches is because uh, Shamika's been with me for 16 years and Ramon's been with me for 14 years. I've worked myself out of a job. And so this is just what God, God's called me to do. Um, I was telling Scott, I go to Missouri to get gas. Because where I live, it's three fifty-eight a gallon. Yeah, that's those liberals. <laughs> Still wearing masks. I'm like the 1%, doesn't wear the mask at Target, and everybody eyes me down. And so I, I go into Missouri, like in North St. Louis, like where I live, when you say North St. Louis, people freak out. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's just as bad as East St. Louis. And so, but the gas is two ninety eight a gallon, so I mean, I'm going to go over there and gas up. And I told Scott, man, I'm not paranoid, I've just been in the, the environment I'm in for so long that I put my phone in my pocket, I shut my car off, and I lock my doors while I'm gassing my car so they don't carjack me. We can't live in fear. Make your, make your life count for eternity. This life is like a drop in a bucket. Missions is the heartbeat of God. What kind of legacy are you leaving for your family, your community, and the kingdom of God? Because a legacy on earth will flee. But the legacy for the kingdom, it stands forever. We're going to get rewards for things that we do. So don't be telling people everything you're doing here. Keep everything a secret so that you can get them up there. You can tell everybody here, then you don't get anything up there. That's what the Bible says. God has a plan and purpose for every one of us in this building today. It's not just for the man of God. It's not just for the youth pastor and the worship leader. It's for every one of us. I am just like you. I'm nobody different. We're all the same. We're all equal in the eyes of God. God has no favoritism towards no man. He loves us all the same. If you cut us all open, we all have red blood. We all have the blood of Jesus that recovers us. It, it saves us. It renews us. It is him. It's not us. Together, unified as one, we are productive for the kingdom of God. But if everyone's doing their own thing, then there's a thousand different things getting, you know, being um, started, and half the time nothing's getting done. 
But if we unify together, if we come together as a body and we pull our resources together, we can accomplish much. Together unify as one, we are destructive against darkness. Not because of who we are, not because of you and me, but because of who is living inside of us. When the enemy sees Jesus, he's terrified. Your greatest enemy, it's not the devil. Your greatest enemy, it's you. I'm my greatest enemy. Why? Because if we allow fear, doubt, and unbelief to rule and reign in us, then we will accomplish nothing because it goes against the grain of the kingdom of God. Fear is opposite of faith. So if you're living in fear, faith has no, it, 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 has, it, won't, it won't survive. It, it, it can't be planted, it can't grow because fear will, will literally uh, 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 come over it and kill it. God wants us to, to walk in faith, trust, and hope in Him, in Him alone. It's always been about Him and it always will be about Him. It's not about you and I. I told you earlier, I, I, I'm just at the place now where I'm not, I'm not tired. I mean, I, you know, I've lost almost 50 pounds. I got a lot of energy. It's insane how much energy I have. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, you know, I guess as we get, we get older and we begin to age, we start to see what's important to us. Some of us need to cut, cut the fat. There are things that are attached to us that the world has got a grip on us. We have to let it go if we're going to move forward with what God wants us to do. You can't outgive God. Try. Our, our philosophy of urban outreach is just give it away. If you hoard it, you won't get anything. But if you just give it away, God will just keep blessing you more and more. The Bible says, he who is faithful in little shall be faithful much. But those that can't be faithful in little things, they're not going to be faithful in big things. Listen, he's faithful, he's able, and he does the impossible. That's who he is. Be the church that God has purposed you to be. There's a bunch of churches in town, but there's only one pathway. I love that you guys are Pentecostal. Because I'll be honest with you, the Assemblies of God's in trouble. We're, we're selling out our fervor. We're selling everything out because we want to keep people happy. It's not about numbers. And I'll get, I'll get into that here in a second. Trust him even when it's hard. In 20 years of doing interstate ministry, I've been told a lot of crazy stuff. But a lot of stuff. You can't do that. That's not how you do it. They've had a rewrite policy over a dozen times. Not because I'm trying to be a rebel rouser here. It's just that it's the way it works in the inner city. It works for us, and so we're just, that's how we're going to do it. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. And God's favor is on this church. And why? Because you give to missions. Churches that give to missions, churches that support missionaries, those are the churches that God blesses. Isaiah 6, 6, 8, who shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. 
there's people in this room today, the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you for a long time. You cannot avoid him anymore. He wants to send you. But here's the catch. You have to give him permission. You have to be all in. Jesus is not going to come to your house, knock on your door, and just bust your door down and say, hey, you got to do what I said. you got to do this and that. That's not who he is. It's a relationship. This church goes to the next level depending on what you want to do. Every church can have as much of God as they want or as little as they want. It depends on the body. It depends on if you're unified. Psalm 24, may he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Okay, so I'm going to tell you, for the past five years, I've been on this quest. I told Scott, I even showed him the picture yesterday. J.J. Bars makes this birthday cake. It's like his pie. I mean, I've been looking for that thing for five years. I've even got some of my Urban Outreach guys looking for it. I'm like, look, Walmart doesn't carry it. Myers doesn't carry it. J.G. Bars, they're a distributor. They go to small family stores. So if you're going through little towns, hit those little stores. If you see them, get me like a bunch. <laughs> Mail them to me, I'll pay you back. But here's the thing, they're a limited edition, so they only make them once a year. And so like last week, my wife was out with a couple of her friends. They were doing a girls' night. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go drive through some little towns. So I'm in Nashville, Illinois, driving around. And so I'm coming in, I'm creeping into town. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, if you go to that little grocery store on the west side of town, those pies are there. I know it was him. I mean, he knows I've been looking for them pies for five years. That has been a desire in my heart to get one of those pies. My brother had one. He said, they're the best thing you ever had. And so I went in there, and it was like 7.30. They're closed at 8 o'clock. And I was trying to hurry up because I was wanting to hit this other place to get a hamburger, right? And so I get in there, and I can't find these pies. And I asked this young kid, hey, do you know where, J do you guys say J.J. Bar Pies? He's like, oh, yeah, I think so. I think they're over there. So I get over there, and I'm looking around. Oh, my gosh, there's a whole box of them, like the Holy Grail. <laughs> so I grabbed like six of them. And I'm not going to lie, I went back three days later and got another 12 of them. Because <laughs> I, I got to thinking, you know, we're getting a snowstorm. What about if other people want those pies? And I get there, and the box is empty. And it's, I went back and got them. But I got, I, I got those because I'm going to give some to my brother and then I'm going to give some to Chris Padgett because he's been a trooper and trying to find them for me. <laughs> Look, show God how big your faith is and he'll show you how big he is. I mean, I know the voice of God. I know that was him. I know it's, it's funny. It's, you know, it's like, that's so goofy. But at the end of the day, God wants us to have the desires of our heart, you know. Um, Phoenix, Arizona, I asked Zippy last night, how many people have you guys taken off the streets in the past uh, year? You know, they've taken 390 people off the streets. These are people that are living homeless, drug addicted. They got them off streets, put them in programs. And now he has this, uh, yeah, he has...
now he has this gig going with Amazon, and so he sent me this video of all these pallets and pallets and pallets of stuff. And he's like, man, I got to get all these people, get pickup trucks to get all this stuff. I'm like, dude, just rent a 24-foot truck with a lift. And so he's gotten, he said last night, over a million dollars worth of stuff given to him from Amazon. And they have so much stuff. And so the, the deal is not just bless homeless people, but to bless the churches in the Phoenix metro that are blessing people and families. If we look out for the needs of others while we're building God's kingdom, then God will bless us abundantly. But that's just the way the thing works. Indianapolis, you know, we're, we're, we got boots on the ground now. Um, I, I talked to Chris last night. They went out last night. He said, man, it's amazing what a 50-cent rose from Dollar General will do to a lady living on the streets. He said, yesterday we just went out and gave roses out to women. They're just like homeless, living on the streets. And he said, as soon as they got that rose, they began to cry. And we, got, we spoke life into them. We loved on them. He said, there's this one lady, and she had like this... Uh, she had like, I don't know what it was. It was like some type of a, a, a device because she couldn't walk. Her legs were all messed up, and she was sitting down. And so he said to her, he said, sit straight up, put your back against the wall. And she did that, and her leg was two, two inches shorter than the other. And so he says to her, do you mind if I pray for you? And she said, sure. And he said, Jay, I kid you not, I prayed for her, and her leg grew out. I mean, God... He said, Jesus healed her right on the spot. And then he said, I spoke life into her. Told her that Jesus sees her as a princess. And that he loves her. That's what the kingdom's about. It's about reaching others. They don't have to be homeless. They can be living in a house and have a family and still be as lost as a person that's addicted to heroin. They uh, we're, we're developing a, a, a tool there in Indianapolis. And, and so what we want to do is, and you guys will love this, we want to get RV. And then gut it out and then repurpose it for showers. And so we've, we've kicked around the idea, and I spoke at a church in September, and after the service, this guy, he's a, him and his wife were getting ready to be missionaries, and so he's like, dude, we have a, a, a pull-along trailer. We, it's already got it out. We're going to um, convert it over to a, a kitchen, uh, coffee shop. It's yours. And so we already have it now. And so we're in the process of converting it over to showers and sinks and so that we can take it around Indianapolis where people are, they're homeless, and just give them a shower. And then on Saturdays, get beauticians and barbers to donate their time and give them a haircut. And just love them. That's been the thing with the inner city ministry. It's not all this, well, we have to have this huge building so we can pack a thousand people in. We're not about that stuff. We're just about meeting the needs of people. Ground you know, grassroots. I know that when we started at East St. Louis, that, that was the greatest lessons God taught me. It's not about big buildings and a big name. It's about getting down with the dirty, rolling up our sleeves, loving people that no one else loves, reaching people that no one else cares about. My last story, 
Our, our Hispanic church in Washington Park is so funny. We have a Spanish-speaking church in the hood, and there are no Hispanics that live there. It is the craziest thing. I stopped trying to figure some of this stuff out a long time ago. I got so ridiculed by that. People are like, what are you doing? What do you think? I'm like, I'm just doing what God said. And so that church is very Pentecostal. They, they move in the gifts. And they had a prayer meeting on uh, Friday night, October 29th. It was a powerful prayer meeting. And so Ramon left the church. He got home. You know, he lives like 20 minutes away. And a lady called him and said, Pastor, can you come back down to the church? I have this friend and she needs to be prayed for. She wants to be delivered. And so he's like, no problem. So he gets down there. He begins to pray with her and starts casting demons out of her. And it wasn't one or two. It was several. Come to find out she's a witch. And so he's, he's well into this thing for two hours. And he, he notices it's 11.15 and tomorrow night's Halloween Eve. See, we, not that the enemy has power over us, but sometimes we think about things like, what happens if reinforcements come? And so all he said was, Jesus, you need to do something now. We need to get this thing done. And he was wore out. He was tired. And then that lady screamed. The light, the light, it's burning me. That was the last demon that came out of her. She gave her life to Christ. And then she was baptized in the Holy Spirit right then and there. And not only was she baptized in the Holy Spirit, but then she prophesied. And what she said was, the Holy Spirit's not concerned about numbers. He wants souls. The churches are full of numbers. It's about numbers all the time. But if we'll just go after God, if we'll just make it about the kingdom of God, and we'll make it about souls, then we will break through and see revival. But if we're worried about souls, you know, about numbers and keeping people happy and you know, we're just going to preach a little bit, enough to, you know, give you a little scratch, make you feel good. We're not going to get anywhere. I mean, look at the church, the state of the church in America today. It, it's pretty bad. But you guys aren't like that. God's moving here. God's doing things. Keep moving while the momentum is going. Again, I want, I want to thank you for being a blessing to our mission field and to the 75 other missionaries that you guys support. We appreciate you guys very much, and we're grateful for your friendship, your partnership, and your prayers. God bless you.